Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the world's strongest man, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I get you ready for an amazing week in the WWE. First of all, NXT TakeOver. And who to talk about it? We have Pat McAfee to talk about his big matchup with Adam Cole at NXT TakeOver 30 on Saturday. We talked to Pat. And then how about this? To get you ready for SummerSlam, we have your WWE Champion, grown-ass man Drew McIntyre to talk about his matchup with Randy Orton at SummerSlam. A lot to get into. We go right in. Let's dive in on a Falls Count Anywhere Friday right here on the Busted Open Podcast. This gentleman has been part of our WrestleMania shows and has made it a habit, Mark, the last couple years to come on our SummerSlam shows, so there was no way he wasn't going to come on today. And he's going to be in one of the main event matches at TakeOver tomorrow night. And that is the one and only, the great, the legendary Pat McAfee. Pat, how are you, man? I'm fantastic. Every time I get a chance. All decade punter, too. Let's not get that confused. Uh, No, every time I get a chance to chat with you all, I enjoy the hell out of it from your parties in person, which hopefully we'll be able to get back to at some point to getting a chance to call in. And then obviously I listen to the show most days in the afternoon because we air at the same damn time. So anytime I get a chance to chat with you all, I'm very pumped about it. And thanks for having me on. And as falls count anywhere Friday. Love it. Love it. So, Pat, let's get right into it. How excited are you about what's going to take place tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, I'm pumped up, obviously. And that's a great question, Dave. As as everybody knows, that's what you do is ask great questions. I am very, very pumped for this. This is something I think you and I have talked about in the past whenever we were off air, whenever we were talking about Busted Open or I came to one of the shows and I've talked to uh, with Mark about it and Bully. I've talked to everybody about how everybody that has met me my entire life knows that my dream, even though I was in the NFL and I've done a lot of other things, whether it's radio, podcasting, business, marketing, you name it. My dream has always been to get in the ring to see 
if that was what I was put on this earth to do. Tim McAfee, Sally McAfee, I have always believed that they potentially fornicated nine months before May 2nd, 1987 and created a superstar. Like I always thought that as a kid, right? Uh, Growing up in the Attitude Era, watching Monday nights, I was always like, I feel like I'm one of them. That's what I feel like I am. I had an outgoing personality. A lot of people thought I was a prick. Some people loved me. I was pretty athletic. And now I get a chance with two weeks notice. And I'm, I'm pumped up about it to kind of prove whether or not I was right my entire life and everything that I've told people or I was wrong. And, and to be honest, I've already knocked Cuzzy out. And I plan on doing it again. And I'm completely okay if I'm not in there for a long time. I'm in there for a good time. Let's make this happen quick. And that's what Mark Henry told me about as well. That damn right. Like, if you're going to play with it, don't do it. I say hey, go to work. Jump hey, on I, it hey, and stay on it. Hey, Mark, you told me, you said, hey, this is what you got to do. No cocktails. Okay, so I've obviously cut that out. I've been locked down here in a drug lord's mansion in Florida and Orlando for the last week and a half. All bad influences have been sent away. You told me then to attack as quickly as possible, and then you told me to watch my six. And I'll tell you what, I'm not sure if I'll be able to watch my six the entire time, because, but I got some boys that'll be with me, but I'm going to attack. I'm staying 100% sober. I don't really drink that much anymore. I'm going in there, clear eyes, full heart, ready to end that thing as quick as possible. You know, I'm looking at you, and of course, I've always seen how big your legs were because you never wear pants. Uh, but you have put on about at least 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. Like, you're yeah. looking like a linebacker rather than a kicker. Well, I appreciate that. I've always, had heavy, I've always had heavy organs, you know, Mark? So anytime, <laughs> anytime I got on a scale, I was always a little bit heavier. I was, this past <laughs> fall, I was up to 265, 270 at one point because of the travel schedule and the amount of pizza I was housing. But then when my wedding came around, I didn't want to be a fat ass because I didn't want my wife, you know, to say no at the altar. So I got literally into the best shape <laughs> of my life. I literally got in the best shape of my life for the wedding. And there was a lot of times when I was getting into that shape where I was like, man, if I would have maybe dove into this fitness thing whenever I was still in the NFL, who knows what would have happened? I mean, punter of the decade obviously will be remembered for a long time for what I was able to do. But I feel like I am in the best shape of my life at the moment. I think I'm 240, maybe 235, 240. Uh, we'll see what we weigh in at tomorrow. But I'm feeling very, very confident in my body, feeling very, very confident in my energy levels. My cardio is something, I guess, if you have years and years of cardio build up, you'll be better. But I've been going pretty ham here for the last couple months so I can get shape for the wedding. I feel, I feel very, very good about where I'm at right now. Well, Pat, you know, again, the, uh, go ahead, go, go really quick, Mark. I'm sorry, but I want to say congratulations from everybody here on Busted Open, you know, for getting married. That's amazing. And, you know, Mark talked about heavy organs. As you know, Pat, it's always better to have two lips on your organ than roses on the piano. So congratulations with that as well. And you know what, man? The one thing I have to say <laughs> when, it comes to, when it comes to you, Pat, and we've seen a lot of mainstream superstars, which I think you are, is a mainstream superstar. Yeah. We've seen a lot of them come to the world of the WWE. But you know what? You have such a love and passion for this business. I don't think this is a one-off. I think this is going to be something that grows even past what we're going to see on Saturday. Well, I appreciate you because I 
just like you and just like most wrestling fans, I would assume, when I would watch and I'd see the outsider come in and they, you, you knew that they were taking advantage of a marketing opportunity with the WWE and there was no work put in. They looked disgusting in the ring. I mean, I, I'll never forget when I was at that WrestleMania getting chewed out by Michael Cole for having the tuxedo shorts on. I saw the two stooges from Saturday Night Live walk in. The motherfuckers looked like they couldn't even jump if they had to, right? And they're in a WrestleMania match and it was just a completely disrespectful thing to the business. And Tyson Fury, Gypsy King, one of the greatest boxers of all time. I didn't think his performance in the ring was that good either in the wrestling business. So you, you have this long standing history of these outsiders coming in. And in my eyes, I thought they were disrespecting the business because there was zero effort. There was really no buy-in. There was no sell. There's none of that. So I, anytime I thought about a chance of potentially getting into the ring. Now I've been asking for this for a long time since my relationship started with the WWE and started with NXT as a pre-show panelist. I would always be like, Hey, I think I'm supposed to be in there. I think I'm supposed to be in there. And then it, it continued and continued and the conversation never really started. Then my contract ended as a commentator with the WWE and I was planning on getting in the ring somehow, some way. Then everything kind of died off because my business picked up everything. My life picked up, everything got going. And then the Adam Cole situation on my show where he was in town visiting his family and all of a sudden hell breaks loose shit hits the fan and then obviously wwe turns that into something awesome it's just it's always been this thing where i've thought about being a guy in the ring i've thought about the outsider for my entire life being a fan going in there and disrespecting and even though i've only had a couple weeks here to really turn this on i'm very comfortable that whenever people get done watching me now granted i'm planning on knocking his ass knocking his soul out of his body very quickly Ooh. i am planning on this going very 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 fast. I just don't think he is ready for the type of human that I am. I just don't think I'm literally, I got drafted to the NFL to play a position that I knew nothing about. My first time doing stand up was in front of 3000 people. My first radio show was dropped on serious, like everything I've ever been done. I've gotten thrown into the deep end and I've come out swimmingly on the other side, but I want people to know that after this match on Saturday, when they watch me, they're going to be like, God damn, that motherfucker's debut is better than anybody in history. Wow. Wow. And, and I, wow. I love so, that. So what, what have you been doing to prepare yourself other than uh, getting in the gym and clanging those weights, as is very obvious? Well, I've been clanging, banging, and slanging the weights around. You know, Mark, I've been watching videos of you back in the strong man. I've been picking up cars. I've been trying to do everything I can. Now, granted, they're Mini Coopers. They ain't a fucking SUV like what you used to be able to do. But I've been getting ready cardio-wise. I have a ring, obviously, in the office. There's been a ring that I've been able to contact and go to work here down in Orlando. So I've had some friends down here. And I think the thing that really helps me is not only that I've been a fan for so long, but whenever you get older and you're pretty athletic and I enjoy athletics and I enjoy people doing spectacular things, I would start watching guys and try to figure out how in the ladies as well, obviously, but guys, general term, you get it. But I would watch them and I would try to figure out how the fuck they were doing what they were doing in there. So I mm -hmm. think like that mental information, plus alongside Rip Rogers training me for a few months here, a couple of years ago, I Whoa. think I had, I had a little bit more of a head start than most outsiders. I mean, granted, there's nothing I can do to keep up with Adam Cole for 12 years. He's been doing this all over the world and longest reigning NXT champion and everything like that. I will get outclassed if I'm just going in there strictly for a wrestling match, but I think I know enough. Uh, I think I'll be able to operate well enough in there. And I think I'll be able to apply enough pressure that I'll be able to keep up, especially with my size and weight advantage that I have over. Them. You, you just said something that might go under the radar. You said Rip Rogers, that you trained with Rip Rogers. 
Let me tell you something. I trained with Rip Rogers, too. And Rip Rogers says you need to bring the dirty son of a bitch out. He always said that. And he said slap him, pinch him, scratch him, do everything you can to get their mind off of pro wrestling and into a fight. Always make it a fight and keep your damn hands up. That's Rip Rogers. He a yep. tough son of a bitch. So, hey. like, I know some of what's in your mind right now. You're going to pinch him when he gets you in a hole. You're going to scratch his back. You're going to fish hook him. You're going to – listen, I, now I'm worried about Adam Cole. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bless his heart. You, you should be. Mark, Rip Rogers is old school, man. Rip Rogers yeah. is old school. And I feel like I was very fortunate that Rip lives in the Indianapolis area and he lives by me. So whenever I bought that wrestling ring when I was intoxicated in the NFL, and although I didn't train while I was in the NFL, as soon as I retired, and I was like, you know, I got to see if this is something that I can do. And I also don't want to become a fat ass in retirement. And I feel like this would be a good way to get my cardio in. So whenever Rip started training me in my barn in there, I feel like I got a chance to experience like that old school wrestling mindset. Now, granted, I didn't get a chance to travel around and wrestle in the Indies, which I I wish I could have, by the way. There were days whenever I was punting in the NFL, making millions and millions of dollars, uh, kicking a ball, doing what I had to do, you know, taking care of the family, the friends, and everything like that. But I would watch these indie wrestling events and I would go to these shows. And to be, I mean, as stupid as this might sound to a lot of people, I was almost envious of the guys that were doing the entire rounds. It's like when I got wow. to stand up comedy, I couldn't do the local clubs because if I was to, that'd just be bad business because I could sell out theaters. So I would get envious of these guys and girls that could work in these small clubs because my Twitter and my social media imprint got too big too fast because I'm an absolute idiot and people enjoy following along. So it just became this thing where my entire life, I was excited to get into a wrestling ring. I thought that's where I belonged. Even whenever I was doing all these other professions, I thought I was supposed to be in there. Now I'm getting a chance to prove it. And I feel like those few months where I got a chance to learn a little bit of psychology from Rip, I got my ass kicked in the ring. I got chopped like 75 times a morning. My bruises all over my chest. I feel like those days, and I'm hoping I'm going to be able to lean on a little bit here because I only got two weeks to prepare for this particular match. You know, the one correction I'm going to have to make with what Mark said about Rip Rogers is in that speech to Mark, he said 61 fucks. Like, you have to throw in <laughs> the curse word after every single word that comes out of Rip Rogers' mouth. But I think the biggest thing of what you just said, Pat, is that you're 100% right. You could never wrestle on the Indies. You're too big. You know, you could never do a stand-up comedy show in front of 50 people because you're going to get thousands of people to watch. That's nothing to be ashamed of. You're a superstar. And the WWE does not call their roster wrestlers. They're called superstars. So for me, you fit right in with everybody yep. because you truly are a superstar. Well, that means a lot. And and I think, and I appreciate that as I feel the same about you guys. I mean, most listen to sports radio show on Sirius for months and months running. I, I agree the same thing with you, but I think it's very interesting because you introduced me earlier as a mainstream media superstar. And I think that although it is accurate, I've gotten a chance to go on ESPN and make their ratings go up. I've gotten a chance to go on a lot of shows and make the ratings go up, but I feel like I'm in this, you know, much more modern age here where an internet personality, my, my YouTube, gets just as many views daily than a lot of ESPN shows. And I think, although I haven't had that, you know, like 
manufactured fake ass celebrity that a lot of people have whenever they go on those big networks. I've had a chance to really build my crew, build my following, build my audience. And uh, although I got a lot of people in the wrestling community, as soon as this was announced, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Well, I think you found out a little bit on Wednesday night. And I think after tomorrow, you're going to have a brand new thing. I, I mean, I was, I truly believe I was born for this. I think, although I, I bring a little bit of hopefully a following that can be introduced to the NXT brand and they're going to fall in love like everybody else does. I mean, my mom hated wrestling. She was so mad when I was a teenager and I told her I wanted to wrestle. She hated everything about it. Once I started doing these pre-shows for NXT, she would start watching the NXT shows and she's like, damn, that is not what I thought it was. That is very different than what I thought it was. Hopefully I'll be able to do that with my following. I'll be able to put some eyes on there. Maybe more people will fall in love with wrestling as a whole, not just NXT. Uh, but I'm going in there just doing my thing and I hope at the end of it, people don't just view me as an outsider. They're like, damn, that guy can go in there if he has to. Pat, like Wednesday, at least twice, while you were doing, while you were talking to Adam Cole or talking at Adam Cole, excuse me, I went, oh, <laughs> oh, really? Like you, you, that, that's not something that somebody writes down and says, hey, I want you to say this. No, that came from your soul. Mm. And everybody felt that. And that is what makes you a superstar in pro wrestling. When you can emotionally get yourself at a place where everything that you say is not only heard, but felt. And you have the ability to make people feel so I don't think that it's going to be that people are looking at you now as a flash in the pan, especially after Wednesday. Yep. They see exactly um, what you said, and they felt exactly what you said. I think if you, I appreciate that, by the way, Mark, that means a lot. And I've never had a problem expressing my opinions or my thoughts or anything like that. It got me into a lot of trouble as a child, obviously. <laughs> I mean, there is, there's a lot of situations where it was not great that I was very comfortable speaking my mind. I mean, I did it with coaches and every sport that I've ever been a part of. It didn't always make me a favorite, but it was something that I, I never shied away from was being able to, to speak my mind. And I think it's because of how much wrestling I watched growing up. And then you watch that 30 for 30 doc and you listen to Ric Flair, who his promos are still being used today to hype yeah. up people. And whenever you heard him say, like, everything I said in there was true. Like, everything, the promo, everything I was saying was something that was true. And for me, I'm not a good enough actor. Like, like when I go do stand-up comedy, I don't even call my, I never call myself a stand-up comedian because I'm not making things up. I'm just recanting stories stories when I'm up there. Right. And I can't tell the same story like four nights in a row. So anytime I go up there, it's like a celebration. I'm telling these stories and I'm just kind of recapping my experience in different things. For me, that was always going to be the mindset. If I was ever going to get a chance to cut a promo, it was like, Hey, if they ever give me a chance to have a microphone, which I didn't know was going to happen going in there on Wednesday, whenever, as soon as I got a chance and they were like, floor is yours, man. I'm like, well, goddamn, I'm a fucking go then. And that is, that was just one of those things where I know you hear all these things about how they're going to script this for you. They're going to script that for you. They're going to script this for you. My experience with the WWE has never been that even on the pre-shows, Michael Cole was producing those shows. Mansuri was producing those shows. It never depended. Whoever it was, they would say to me, Hey, whatever you want to say, just say it. 
And it, it was almost like, if we don't like what you're saying, we'll tell you to stop. And I'm not a person that does well with script anyways. I can't read. I've never read a book in my life. The So the thought of just going in there and kind of telling my side of it, because that was my first time I got to answer a lot of people. That was the first time I got to answer Adam Cole. That was the first time I got a chance to an, answer the IWC, who was after me for the last two weeks. That was my first time getting a chance to really talk. I was excited for the opportunity. I was pumped up for it. And uh yeah, I think if you just, for me, it's it's just me recanting my feelings, and it's never been a problem for me. Well, Pat, well, I know you got to go. You, book. <laughs> I'm oh. sorry, because Pat's got to go. He's got a show, the Pat McAfee. Buy a For the Brand shirt, for God's sake. I already went on the store while we were talking about Whoa. a For the Brand shirt, so I'm all, I'm all set and ready. Center. This one's a brand. So don't buy this one. But everything I do is for the brand. You know that kickers and punters have been mocked and ridiculed our entire existence. Now there's a 240-pound monster in retirement who's about to step into the squared circle and make some fucking magic happen. There you go. Again, that's tomorrow night. NXT TakeOver 30 live on the WWE Network. I want everyone that's listening to my voice to support the guy who supports us, the Busted Open Nation, and that is Pat McAfee. That's right. I appreciate you all so much. I love this show. I appreciate you having me on, and I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on Monday after I go do what I got to do and hopefully steal the motherfucking show. Make sure you check out Rick Hamler and Antonio Daniels on Give and Go. That's not what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. We have entered the Twilight Zone <laughs> 43 minutes into the show. I'm a little bit of a rebel here. Stand up, sit down, and put your arms out. Huh. I love you, and I so appreciate your call, but come on, bro. Give and Go, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern, weekdays on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Sirius 207, XM86. Man, what a great interview with Pat McAfee. That was and good, is, man. That was really good. He is something special. And, Mark, you brought it up during the interview. If you had any doubts that Pat McAfee truly is a superstar, check out his mic work this past Wednesday when he was in the ring with Adam Cole. That I'm telling you, I, I, he has probably better promo ability than half the roster right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's smart. He's glib. He knows who he is. There's a lot of people that wait around. And you know what? I don't find this offensive, so if, if I, I, don't, I don't want my guy to get angry. But I, I told Ricochet last time I saw him, why would you allow somebody to tell you who you are? You go out and, and, and dictate what the narrative is about you how you want to be portrayed. Everybody knows that Ricochet is awesome. There's probably not 10 people better than him in pro wrestling. But the difference between Ricochet and Pat McAfee is Pat McAfee, not only does he know who he is, he don't give a damn if you don't like it. He don't give a damn. Ricochet needs to get some I don't give a damn what you think. This is who I am. This is what I am. And then we'll have a different ricochet because I'm I'm on the ricochet bandwagon. I want him to get fired up sometimes to where it pisses people off. Sometimes you got to break a few eggs and make an omelet. 
I mean, every time you make an omelet, you got to break eggs. And you got to whip it, and then you got to put a little milk <laughs> in it and some salt and pepper and some paprika. Yes. But I, 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 I digress. But I'm just saying, you've got to do it. Dave, you, you helped bring me into this world of radio. Mm-hmm. You did not tell me one thing of, hey, this is who I want you to be. This, you said, listen, analyze wrestling like when me and you talk on the phone and you give me your opinion about wrestling, I can't help but listen because I hear the passion and what you know about wrestling, I don't know. So that's what these guys and girls should be doing in the damn ring. Well, and I would think, and Mark, I'm not a part of the, of the pro wrestling world. Like I, you know, but I, I I look at somebody like Ricochet, who was a part of the indie scene forever. You know, Evolve and you know Dragon Gate and all these indie indie organizations, and he really wrestled his way to be a part of the WWE, and now he's a part of the WWE. So, I mean, you know, is it fear? Is it fear of being fired? Is it a fear of doing the wrong thing that they pull you from TV? Because I would think, Mark, that once you get the opportunity, you work your ass off to get there. Now you're there. That you don't want regret. You don't want like five years later that you're like, why didn't I do this? Or why didn't I do that? Or why didn't I say this? Or why did I speak up for myself? Or why didn't I knock down that door of opportunity? Or why why didn't I speak up when I knew that a promo was shit that they handed me? I would think that you would rather, you know, speak up and get chastised for it and apologize than not do it at all and then regret it later. Exactly. Because there's a lot of times you just have to say, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. But I did know I wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to go there, Dave. And, and, you know, like, stop being so fearful of getting fired. You know how many wrestlers have been fired, but they got brought back because they damn talent. Your talent. And if you feel like, hey, man, that's the end all and be all, then <sighs> I feel bad for y'all because you got to have enough pride in yourself to say, hey, I'm Jay-Z said it best. You can put me on any corner in the world and I'll triple my wealth. If you don't have the confidence to stand on your own, how the hell you think Vince McMahon is supposed to have confidence in you to to, to run his company. I'm just saying, grow some balls, hairy ones, whatever you want to call it, cojones. Ladies, have some steel, some toughness, some respect for yourself. Stand up. I rest my case. No, nah, I mean, those are strong words. And... Look, when you look at Pat McAfee and you look at what he was able to do with that microphone in his hand on Wednesday night, and he is he is looking across from somebody that is, you know, for 12 years, for over a decade has wrestled and, you know, is the longest reigning NXT champion. And and he's a handful of guys that you would say in the WWE is one of the best professional wrestlers. 
And there is no weakness when it comes to Adam Cole. Adam Cole is fantastic. But yeah. you see Pat McAfee, and Pat McAfee, you're right. He's got a set on him because he's ready to walk into that ring and speak his mind into that microphone. And I don't think Pat McAfee grabbed that microphone and talked and was like, hey, I, I don't want to offend somebody. Boy, I better, I better hit these taglines or I better make sure I say sports entertainment and not wrestling. I don't think Pat McAfee had those things swirling in his head when he spit out what he spit out on Wednesday on NXT, Mark. Man, listen, he went out there and did not talk to Adam Cole. He was not talking. Hey, man, listen, I need to talk to you. No, he talked at him. I hate it when people talk at me. Like, listen, this is what I'm going to need for you to do. When you talk to me like that, you're very likely going to get punched in the face or I'm going to turn around and walk away from you. And then you're going to say, hey, where are you going? And I'm going to say, you're talking at me, and I'm not about that. I don't want to punch you in the face, so I'm going to walk away. It's a difference. And you saw Pat say stuff to Adam Cole that I have not seen any other wrestler do that yet. How many, how many years has Pat Adam Cole been with the company? Four years? Maybe longer? Yeah, I mean, Adam Cole's been there a few years. There's he no never been, been handed his day. ass on the microphone. Never. Not once. There ain't no wrestler that ever handed it to him. Name one. I'll wait. You can go through the database, all the champions, because, you know, he's been in the ring with mo nothing but champions. He's wrestled, you know, the, the top 10%. At NXT. Oh, yeah. But mostly it's been the number one guy. The number, the 1%, the top percentile. Summer is time to start prepping for your fantasy football draft with Fantasy Sports Radio. Touchdown, Atlanta! And this year, it's also time for fantasy baseball players to do the same. It is Listen for expert advice to dominate your fantasy football and baseball drafts. Will Garrett Cole be the first pitcher taken? 12 strikeouts for Garrett Cole. Now celebrating our 10th year, bringing you the best fantasy sports radio on Sirius 210 XM87. Speaking of fighting champions, someone who's going to be going up against Randy Orton, defending the WWE Championship on Sunday at SummerSlam. You can watch that on the WWE Network, is our champion, the one and only, Drew McIntyre. Drew, good morning, and how are you today? I'm fantastic, guys. How are you getting on? There he is. There he is. What's up, Mark? How are you, buddy? <laughs> What's going on, champ? Feels good to say uh, that. Did I get my intro? <laughs> yeah, we, we changed it a little bit. We changed We put... We put grown ass man Drew McIntyre in there. Uh, oh yeah. When Mark was at TV recently, I was desperately trying to get him as my personal ring announcer, like Ricardo, to, to announce me as grown ass man, but it didn't quite work out. <laughs> I wanted to. They just looked at me like now. You know, Drew, when you look at this championship reign, and it's funny because, you know, Mark and I, you know, we give our opinions and we can argue back and forth. But when it comes to you, Drew, there really is no argument. Uh, when you look at the last four months, and by the way, a very different four months than any other champion has had to deal with. And you've been able to do it. 
And honestly, you're bringing in the fans, you're bringing in the demographics, and now you're taking that to SummerSlam to go up against one of the greatest ever in Randy Orton. I mean, how good do you feel going to WrestleMania, being in the main event, winning the championship, and now being in the main event at SummerSlam on Sunday? Yeah, it feels incredible to be champion. Um, it's obviously my lifelong dream. And I've had an interesting journey to get there. I'm sure everybody knows about all my ups and downs. And I always said that journey prepared me to be champion, prepared me to lead WWE. Didn't expect the worldwide pandemic to hit the second I won the title, but I felt exactly the same. I wanted to lead by example um, and show everybody, hey, there's no rules anymore. We're going to try different stuff. We're going to throw things against the wall. We're going to see what sticks because we've never been in this situation with no fans. And I was the first guy looking down the camera to connect with everybody at home. The first guy trying weird stuff, like my wife daring me to say, hey, all you cool cats and kittens down the camera, because we'd watched the Tiger King at the time. <laughs> and it's been a wild, a wild journey, like innovating and adapting. And I've had a great time, like doing all the, you know, the media rounds and getting out there and talking about WWE. And Tyson Fury just called me out in his social media right now. I'm not seeing what he's got to say, oh. but I saw he's called me out right now. So there's a lot of you know, outside eyes, we're getting on the product, and that's my job to do that right now. And I take great, you know, responsibility. I take great pride in getting those new eyes. And the fact that we've got to SummerSlam now, the fact that it's finally time to face, you know, my Joker, if I'm the Batman, Randy Orton, not just regular old Randy Orton, who's one of the best in the world not trying. Randy Orton, who's on fire, and the, doing his best work of his career, in my opinion. And yeah. we've got a very real-feeling storyline. And the funny thing is, if it's storylines that feel real, is generally there's some truth in it. That's why it feels surreal. Drew, they always say that the tallest trees get the most wind. And if Tyson Fury is calling you out and you have the best guy in the world in pro wrestling that has singled you out as a problem to him, then obviously you become the tallest tree in pro wrestling. Did, do you ever sit back and think, damn, as a little kid, as a guy watching wrestling, that I would ever be number one? <sighs> I mean, I'd be lying if I said as a kid, I wouldn't think I'm going to be number one no matter what from a country like Scotland, 5 million people, no one had ever been signed from Scotland to WWE. It's a crazy thing to say, but realistically, as you get older, you're like, I just hope I make it to WWE. I'd be happy to be the water boy, but I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to you know, do everything I can to get to the top. And it's my whole experience. It's the firing. It's looking myself in the mirror and starting to give it my all and then really understanding, you know what? I believe I can be the best. Like I, This is the only thing I know in the world. It's the only thing I'm truly good at. Thankfully, I'm born blessed that I look the part, but I'm going to get good in the ring as well. I'm going to get good in the microphone too. I'm going to, be getting, I'm going to get good at media. I'm going to know my character. And in the end, the thing that got me over that connected with the fans wasn't a character. The final piece of the puzzle nine, 10 months ago was just being Drew Galloway, being the real person and turning that volume all the way up. And the fact that I get to represent WWE at the top as the champion, as the brand um, ambassador, it's the coolest thing in the world, but I try not to step back too much and go, oh my goodness, this is crazy. This is a lifelong dream or like, am I, <laughs> I don't know, making a big head, but you know, firing humbles you. And that's the thing about, you know, this industry, always being a fan. I've always been a fan. I'll always be a fan. I always think like a fan, uh, but it's so cool to be doing what I'm doing right now. You know, when I, when I see you in the ring, uh, there's a lot that's different about you than other wrestlers in history, but there are a couple 
that you identify with. And one is uh, Ted DiBiase and the other one is Bret Hart. Uh, both unbelievably talented. Both guys look great. You couldn't tell whether they were good or bad unless it was who they faced. And I, when when you come out, like you look like, okay, this, this is the bad guy. But then when another guy comes out and you d- talk to that person or talk at that person, then you can see, oh, no. This this guy's the champion. This guy's the this guy's is, is a good guy. This is the guy that's defending the morale of the fan. Like that is that something that you that you felt like developed, or is that something that has been more? Um, it's just been taught. And who taught you? I mean, I've been a lot of people that have taught me over the years and who gave me pearls of wisdom, including yourself. Um, and the big thing is when I, you know, started developing, the, the, say, the character and basically being myself, the big thing was I didn't change too much when it comes to the in-ring stuff. In today's day and age, it's not like over the top, big smiles. I'm the good guy and ooh, I'm the bad guy. You know, you go out there, you're yourself. And if you fight for something you believe in, if you can find truth in what you're talking about when you're out there, everything I say, I believe me personally, it doesn't mean everyone else has to agree with me. That's fine. Have your opinion. Be passionate about your opinion. But I'm passionate about my beliefs and I'm truthful in everything I say. And I do love wrestling. I do fight, you know, for the history of this industry. And I want to take it to the next level. I want to represent it. And all that stuff I'm saying is not just I'm a good guy. I'm Mr. Wrestling. It's how I genuinely feel. And if you don't like that, that's cool. And if you like Randy, he's on fire right now, even though he's kicking everybody in the head. That's cool, too. But I can tell you one thing. Either Randy Orton is Daniel Day-Lewis when it comes to acting and he should be in Hollywood winning a bunch of Oscars. And that's actually the real person on the screen. So you make up your mind. (laughs) We're talking to Drew McIntyre, (laughs) WWE champion. He's going to be defending that title in just two days, exclusively on the WWE network SummerSlam. It's the biggest party of the summer. And Drew, you talk about Randy Orton and, you know, Mark and I talk a lot about Randy Orton as being one of the greatest of all time. You know, when you think about the greatest of all time, you don't really talk about Randy Orton, and you really should. Because in a lot of ways, it sounds crazy to say he is underrated because you kind of take his uh, greatness, you know, you, you kind of forget about how great he is because you just you're, you, you know it's there, and he's always there. So when you look at this matchup on Sunday – like, this is probably the toughest matchup that you've had in your career. Like, I know you have a lot of confidence, but what do you feel is going to be the X factor going into that match on Sunday? Uh, I mean, like you say, this is the biggest challenge I've had since WrestleMania. It's my the biggest event since WrestleMania at SummerSlam. It's against Randy Orton. He is a bona fide Hall of Famer. I don't know if it's because he's... Young, he's been around for so long and nonstop in the system. That's why he's not looked at the way a lot of people are. When he's gone, people remember him as one of the greats. But right now, he's at such a different level that it's forced me to step up. Because in my opinion, I shouldn't be WWE champion. If I can't swim in the deep end with Randy Orton, then I deserve to drown. I don't deserve to be champion. It's been my job to step up as a character, step up in the microphone. And on Sunday, it's my job to step up in ring also. 
and prove, you know, that I belong in that main event spot, not just the main event, but the champion, the top guy. And that's my plan this Sunday is to be undeniable and that the WWE title match belongs in the freaking main event, not these cinematic matches, which has bothered me the past few months. I understand it. On the main event of the in-ring part, and there's a cinematic, but the WWE championship should be on last. And this Sunday is sure as hell going to be on last with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Love it. Love it. Wow. That's amazing. I, I'm just blown away. I'm excited. Uh, I'm on my way to Orlando, and I, I, I wish I could be there tomorrow, but I won't be able to because they got to scrape my brain. Uh, <laughs> to find out if it's always I'm, fun. <laughs> it's not. It's not fun. Uh, but I, I will be there on Sunday live, and I can't wait. I'm excited to no end that I'm gonna get to see that match in person with my own eyes and come back here uh, on on Tuesday um, and explain to the world what I saw. And, uh, man, I'm just excited, man. I, I'm, I'm happy for you, but I'm more excited as a fan because I'm going to get to see two of the greats uh, clash in person, which is what a lot of our fans are missing. Yep. They, they want to see everything. Like, I, I guarantee Dave will trade places with me right now. Because he's a super fan, and he would love to see that match in person. Yeah, it has nothing to do with his bank account. It's just, you know, so I'd be able to see that match in person on Sunday. But, oh. but, but Mark, you know, really quick, you're right. Drew McIntyre is great. And, Drew, the, you know, last Thank question you. from me, with this journey that you've been on, and a lot of people talk about the journey and you being fired and you having to make that comeback and working your way back into it. I, I kind of feel like, you know what? I understand the story. We've seen the story. We've seen it play out. But enough with that story. That's the old Drew McIntyre. Like, to me, your story began again at WrestleMania. So when I look at you, Drew McIntyre, I understand what you've gone through. But I really do feel like this is the new book of Drew McIntyre. Do you agree with that? I 100% agree with that. You know, I think everyone knows the story now. It's such an important part of my history and, you know, it's a story that everyone relates to is overcoming such difficult times. But it is time to start writing the new chapter of Drew McIntyre. And it begins with this big win, big title defense over Randy Orton this Sunday and really starting to build my legacy and build who I'm going to be remembered as as a champion. Wow, the guy that killed the legend killer. That's my That's plan. A like I say, there's hat. a lot of truth in it. Like, I know I won't put you on the spot, Mark, but uh, there's a lot of real stories about Randy back in the day. I remember being a young guy walking on eggshells because you don't want to upset Randy. You don't want to get heat. You don't want to get fired. And a lot of people have been in my ear about leaning into Randy Orton. So Randy is terrified. You used to have to look after him. I won't put you on the spot to tell any stories. But you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of truth going into yeah. this story, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, yeah, but- I, I, was, the, I was the babysitter. But you know what, Mark? This is Drew's house now. Like it's, Randy it's Orton's house. Randy Orton's a legend, and Randy Orton has definitely done a lot for the WWE, and he has a lot of fans' respect. But this is the champ's house, and this is Drew McIntyre's house, and he's going to defend that house and that championship on Sunday at SummerSlam. Catch it on the WWE Network. It's the main event, like Drew said, where the championship title should be defended in the main event at SummerSlam. And Drew... Man, thank you so much for all the time. Thank you so much for everything. And thanks for joining us just, you know, a couple of days away from this epic title defense at SummerSlam. Drew, we appreciate you and thank you so much for the time.
Uh, thank you, guys. I always love catching up with you all. I always look forward to it before every pay-per-view. Like, oh, if I could bust it open. I hope yeah. we talk about everything. And also, don't forget, we're not just doing a regular old uh, SmackDown today and a regular old uh, SummerSlam, as big as that would be. We're in the freaking Thunderdome. So that's awesome. I can't wait to see it, man. <laughs> and thank you again for coming on with Mark Henry Strong Kids. Oh, no, thank you, Mark. Seriously, I text you already. Just any time you need me for something like that. That's the real stuff we do. It's cool being the chap. It's cool. You know the media responsibilities, etc. But when you can affect somebody in a real way, hey, that's what really counts. It means the most to me in this business. Awesome, man! I can't wait for us to, this pandemic to be over, and we can go back to uh, Scotland and 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 we could do a Mark Henry Strong Kids Drew a UK McIntyre. edition. We could we could do something with with the kids in your country. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome, mate. All right, guys. Thank you for having me as always. And Mark, I'll see you at the pay-per-view. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.